Blog Talk Radio. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. What's wrong with you? My first thought would be a lot. Time for the Henry Show. Whatever he is, he destroys you. Daniel No idea what caused this. Almost looks like one of those planned implosions. As if a demolition team set off. When you see the old demolitions of these old buildings, it pulls it down on itself and it is not there anymore. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat. But they have failed. Our country is strong. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundation of America. And you have tuned in to the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, so we play that part of the show because it's been about a year. Uh, it's almost a year anniversary of the killing of um, Bin Laden uh, by U.S. troops. And, uh, you know, it's been amazing uh, how the WWE and wrestling in general has been tied to uh, going back to 9-11 and the way to support the military 
John Steen talking to the crowd when um, uh, we found out Bin Laden was uh, killed, and uh, that'll be a fitting way to start off the show. Glad you're all with us. As always, my tag team partner, Dave, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Ken. How about you? Feeling good. Getting ready to uh, talk a little extreme rules. Are you psyched? Are you pumped? Yeah, I'm extremely excited. No pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah, it should uh, be an interesting evening. Uh, you know, month month back, you know, WrestleMania. You know, that was that was a big one. And uh, let's hope let's hope that the momentum can uh, can uh, keep going forward uh, as far as the quality of the pay per view, uh, considering how good WrestleMania was. I hear you. And you know what? And we want to hear from you guys. So give us a call three four seven eight three nine eight one five. That number again three four seven eight three. Nine eight one five. If you want to email me, Ken at thekenreedyshow dot com. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, and if you go to Facebook right now, it's facebook dot com slash thekenreedyshow. You know, every week we do our segment, the nod of approval. We're doing a little later in the show, but we want to know what your nod of approval is. So if you're a little bashful calling into the show, go over to Facebook. We're sure to get your nod of approval on the air. Um, and just got to give a big thank you. Uh, to everyone out there who's listening, because I was looking at our stats as far as listeners, and from March to April, we have more than doubled the amount of hits we've gotten on the show. So thank you so much for listening. And this show is is still in April, so we still got time to kind of beef up those numbers. So it's been really cool to see that people are listening to the show. Uh, onward and upward, as they say. That's the show is really going to continue to go. Uh, up and tonight we got extreme rules and, it, and it's I think Dave hit the nail on the head. You know I, I've been thinking about you know coming into this night and you know where we were and whether you and I where we were and where the wrestling business was just one month ago. One month ago, just about we were we were embarking on uh, going to WrestleMania in Miami, um, and it's been a crazy month uh, so far and. I, I agree with you. I think, you know, the WWE needs to, uh, you know, keep going with the momentum that they have gotten um, over the course of this month, starting with WrestleMania, going into Extreme Rules, bringing back Brock Lesnar. Um, wrestling is at a point now where you got people talking about it that aren't real wrestling fans. You got that fringe fan that's that's going to the water cooler and, and oh, did you hear what happened last night? I heard Brock Lesnar's back. Oh, wouldn't The Rock just come back? Those fringe people talking about it. And tonight's important, I think, to keep bringing those people in. And uh, I I think there's a lot of pressure on the WWE to uh, put out a good pay-per-view. Tonight. Not one of their big four, uh, but coming off the heels of a very, very successful WrestleMania I think it's important for the WWE to deliver tonight. What do you think, Dave? I couldn't agree with you more, Ken. Um, you know, uh, bringing back Brock Lesnar was huge. It, it got that WrestleMania-like buzz in the air um, for, you know, the, for the time being, especially after WrestleMania. We, we talked about it before. There's that WrestleMania hangover where the shows just seem kind of flat and they're just kind of going through the motions. Um, but bringing Brock back was, uh, was, was, a, very, was a smart move. Um, Business-wise, we'll see what happens when the numbers come out after this pay-per-view. If this pay-per-view does more, if this Extreme Rules pay-per-view does more buy rates than last year's Extreme Rules, then the WWE will probably consider it a success 
that a non-Big Four pay-per-view did very well um, with considering Brock Lesnar um, is back in the company. So um, we'll just have to wait and see um, as far as, uh, you know, the, the, the success of the overall pay-per-view goes. Um, if, the, if the quality of the matches aren't good, but the numbers do well, do better than last year's, I think last year's did, like, just under 200,000 pay-per-view buys. And uh, that seems to be the status quo with um, most WWE pay-per-views, with the exception of uh, WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble. Um, but if the, if the, the quality of the matches are, aren't the greatest, but the numbers are good, Vince McMahon will still have a smile on his face because that's money in his pocket. He'll just have to figure it out on the quality of uh, the matches on his end to what he could do better next month. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, and let's get right into the event. I mean, you know, this is an important event, and, and you know, the most important and say what you will about, uh, you know, him and his ability and where he belongs, stature the company, but here we are after WrestleMania, and John Cena loses perhaps the biggest match of his career, and lo and behold, John Cena, still this pay-per-view is all about John Cena, and last week, we were able to because we're just we're just that damn good. We were able to go the full two hour show really without talking at all about John Cena. So we're gonna get right into it here. Because as you know, there are haters and there are people who are team Cena, but he is an important aspect of the world of professional wrestling. Again, the focal point pretty much of tonight's extreme rules with his match against Brock Lesnar. And what's interesting about this match, and again, uh, a tough spot for John Cena to be in. Uh, a similar WrestleMania, a star, maybe not of the stature of a rock, but a star coming back from a long absence. Um, you know, people are excited to to see Brock Lesnar back, and you got a guy who really has been in the ring. Now, granted, he had his MMA career, but if we're all being honest. Brock Lesnar did not look like he was in fight and fighting shape when he first showed up. Uh, he's looked better over the past couple weeks. Um, but John Cena, who has his own limitations as far as his abilities in the ring, uh, is being put in a position to uh, put on an entertaining match with someone who may be suffering from uh, substantial ring rust. Uh, what do you think of that, Dave? Um. You know, it's a tough, like you said, it's a tough spot for John Cena, but um, a, re- a report I just read today from WrestleNews.com was that uh, John Cena actually volunteered to be the first opponent for Brock Lesnar um, upon his return into the company. And, um, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned his limitations, and obviously with Lesnar's long absence, I think an Extreme Rules match or some gimmick match of some kind is going to camouflage the ring rust of Lesnar and, of course, the, the uh, lack of technical wrestling ability in John Cena. Um, I think it's. I think this is all about the rebuilding of John Cena. I really do think this is. I think eventually it will culminate next year at WrestleMania, whatever they have him do. But I think right now this is all about rebuilding John Cena and, of course, building Brock Lesnar up. Um, there was actually a, a small rumor today that John. It was uh, reported by Wrestle News that John Cena is more banged up than usual. Um, His neck and his hips are bothering him, and uh, there's a possibility that John Cena could take some time off. They don't know how much time he would take off, but the general consensus in the locker room is that Cena is 
Cena is just that's just a little bit of talk. We might not it might not exactly happen. Um if that were to be the case, this would be the perfect opportunity to do that. Um have a finish where Lesnar just basically beats him down, you know, a la Clubber Lang, you know, Rocky in Rocky Three. Um huh. and just kind of put Cena on the shelf for a few you know, a few weeks, a month at the most. But like I said, He's a workhorse. He's a company man. He'll do whatever they need him to do. If they told him to go out and wrestle in a diaper, he'd do it. Um, he's all about the company, and I don't think he'll take that much time off. If anything, he won't physically be in an arena for a week or two, but his likeness and character will still be on television in the form of a video package. So um, I think, I mean, it's a big match, and obviously everyone thinks that Lesnar is going to need the win. And meaning that he's been gone for a long time, this could really build him up. But I don't necessarily think he really needs the win. I think if he were to destroy John Cena in some fashion, have Cena actually pick up a victory in somewhat of an upset, and then take him out, and let's say they put him on TV for a few weeks, that could work in helping build up Brock Lesnar as a monster. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the match. I'm actually I'm really looking forward to seeing what Lesnar can do. I mean, he's a gifted athlete. Tremendous athlete and freakish, freakish amounts of strength the guy has, um, and uh, you know it's the first it's the first time in a wrestling ring in over eight years, so um, I'm I'm curious to see uh, what he's going to bring and it's an extreme rules match so of course there's going to be some plunder as Dusty Rhodes would say uh, getting involved in this match. Yeah, I mean, you got you got two freakishly strong guys uh, in the ring in this match, and it is interesting. I mean, if John Cena is a little bit banged up, this would be the perfect opportunity to put him on the shelf for a little bit. Um, you know, we'll get into picks uh, a little later, but it is it is interesting. And I've said before on the show, wrestling for for us kind of fans, you know, fans that have watched it for a while, fans that you know. Look, I, I watch Raw, and I would say probably at least more than half the time, probably closer to 80% of the time, like I know pretty much what's coming up next. Um, you know who's going to win most matches. Uh, when wrestling gets to a point, they set something up where you're kind of sitting there going, wow, you know, which way are they going to go with this? That's good for wrestling. And this match is one of those matches. Uh, coming off of WrestleMania and losing to The Rock, you think, well, you know what? Uh, you know, the biggest match of his career, and then immediately another challenge is thrown in his way. Cena has to win this match. He has to. But they look at the other way. Big star, absent for a while, coming back, his first match back. How do you establish him? He has to win this match. So when you have the, those two scenarios going in, into this match, to me, it's good for the wrestling fan because you're walking into it whether you're a hardcore fan or or you're a, a casual fan, there's there's a certain amount of intrigue into where they're going to go uh, with this. Uh, the interesting thing with John Cena also celebrating a birthday recently, um, and if you caught the video on YouTube, uh, the great Kali actually singing Happy Birthday to to John Cena, which was interesting. And if you didn't see it, actually the video I posted on uh, Facebook.com/slash The Ken Reed Show, so you can go watch the video there. But, you know, John Cena, not a spring chicken. Not, I mean, you look at the guy, tremendous shape. He is a specimen. He is a freak of nature. Uh, but just turned 35 years old. Um, you know, that is not, you know, you're getting up there as far as 
being able to maintain a, a full-time schedule, and especially a WWE-type schedule, and especially a WWE-slash-John Cena-type schedule. Uh, this guy is working just about every day of the year, uh, puts himself through a lot. He is a company guy. Um, and if the WWE wants to protect their investment, you know, it might be time for him to take a little bit of time off. Uh, the other thing also, and, and our guest blogger, if you want to check it out on, on the KenReedyShow.com, uh, we had a guest blog from Pat Crowley who uh, talked about how it's not John Cena, but it's WWE Creative that ruined the John Cena character. And one of the things he mentioned is that, you know, great heroes, great faces, uh, there has to be a sense of loss to make you want to root for him. Um, and like Dave, like you brought up with Rocky Three. You know, you. I mean, Stallone was brilliant at that with the Rocky movies. You had a sense of loss, and then you just got behind, you know, Rocky uh, going after his nemesis, whether it was Clubber Lang beating him or uh, Drago killing Apollo. Uh, they built up that sense of loss where you were a hero. Um, one of the major problems with John Cena is they didn't build a sense of loss in a lot of his rivalries. and And when John Cena would lose matches, it seemed like the day after on Raw, he would come down to the ring smiling and cracking corny jokes. Uh, for him to get his ass whooped by Brock Lesnar and disappear for maybe a month, if that, I, mean, I don't know how long they'd want to go. To me, I would almost, if, if I was writing it now, I'm talking in terms of I'm not thinking financially, I'm just creatively um, like I would have him get his ass kicked and and keep him off TV till close to SummerSlam, and have his big return at SummerSlam to really you know build it. Um, but I think this would be a good time to pull John Cena off TV for a little while. Um, let's see what wrestling is like without a a John Cena each and every week. Like I said, Dave, they can keep him relevant by doing video packages and they can, you know keep his name there, but. Uh, you know, he's he's at home nursing injuries, sustained by Brock Lesnar. And you know what? It really puts Brock Lesnar uh, in a perfect spot. If he annihilates John Cena, then he has to have another rival. You can have him going for the title. Um, you know, it just it, it, it would work out. Because um, I'm curious right now if, if John Cena would win tonight, where each guy would go from that point. Um so, uh, yeah, I, I think this might be a good time for, for John Cena to take some time off. But like you said, who knows? He is the workhorse of the company. And, um, you know, he might not want to take time off. And they might, wanna, might not want to let him uh, take some time off. Um, but in reference to this match, I'd like to get your take, Dave, on what you thought of the uh, the contract signing. Because we uh, a long-standing tradition in the wonderful world of professional wrestling is – the contract signing, the table, the table with two opponents sitting across from each other, eyeballing each other, glaring at each other until a point where tensions rise so high that something explodes, the table gets thrown, and a brouhaha ensues. But we didn't really have that on Monday night. Uh, we had a contra- an, an, an odd contract signing, and, and I thought it was kind of odd, which is why I want to get uh, what you were thinking about it, Dave. Um Laurinaitis and Lesnar in the ring uh, initially, and uh, John Cena not there. And 
to me, I thought it was kind of weird because you got they're definitely setting up Brock Lesnar as as a heel, and obviously Laurinaitis is a heel. But then they kind of had like I felt like the crowd didn't know what to do because the the heel was making demands of the heel GM. And normally, like, if someone was making demands of Laurinaitis, the crowd would cheer that guy, but I don't they really wanted to cheer Lesnar. So the, the whole process to me seemed a, a bit disjointed, and then Lesnar was saying, you know, Monday Night Raw featuring Brock Lesnar and, and these these crap demands. I, 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 I don't know. I, I didn't get it. What If they wanted to go that route, um, my thought would have been to, you know, maybe – you know, John Laurinaitis, as as they come and sit out there, instead of Lesnar making the demands of Laurinaitis at that moment, you know, maybe Laurinaitis came, comes out. If you form an alliance between Lesnar and Laurinaitis, Lesnar's definitively hated and he's a heel. You know, that Laurinaitis could have just come out and just been, you know, uh, in the back we were talking about your contract. We decided that if you win the match... Monday Night Raw will be considered Monday Night Raw featuring Brock Lesnar. Thank you. People power. And they could have just done, done something like that and just have Lesnar like lean back in his chair, his hands behind his head, just smile and nod, giving his nod of approval, if you will. Um, because as as big a badass as Lesnar is, Man, the guy is just not good at promo work. And after a while, I thought the contract sign kind of dragged a bit. What did you think, Dave? I agree that it dragged. Um, it kind of, he was very redundant in, like, the, 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 the list of demands, you know, with certain words. He was saying a lot of things, you know, over again. Um, you know, I, I do agree with you there. Um, as far as, like, you know, the, the demands that when he brought it public in front of the audience, I, I, I like the idea of that. Um, I didn't think that, you know, I will have to disagree with you. I don't think that it would have as much impact if, if Laurinaitis came out and, you know, just made that quick announcement. Everyone probably would have been shaking their heads like, what? So I think they wanted to do, and, and the other reason why I think they also wanted to do that in front of everybody in, in the ring is because it's public knowledge that Brock Lesnar signed a pretty exclusive deal with the company. Um, he was a he was a he was totally against you know when he was with the company eight years ago he was totally against the idea of he hated the schedule and it gets to people some people are just that it's not fit for them to work that schedule and Lesnar was one of those guys and that's probably a big reason why he left in fact I think it's one of the main reasons why he's left he he stated in the past um, I think that um, the reason why they brought that up was so that. If Lesnar, you know, Lesnar is signed to in between 30 and 40 dates for the, this whole calendar year. And additional dates will be added on um, upon negotiations with him and the company. Um, if, they, if it works out for him, if, if they absolutely need him, and especially during the WrestleMania season push, he'll probably, there's a good chance he'll probably be on the Raw just about every week, um, physically in the building. Um, so I think that they wanted to bring that up because a lot of people do know about that. And the other thing is is that they wanted to add more heat to him um, by, you know, having the, you know, the, these, he was very a very demanding superstar, almost kind of like what the, in a small sense, how the fans had turned on The Rock in 2002 
when they knew he was leaving for movies. And at the time, they didn't want to embrace that. But now they kind of want to embrace that with Lesnar. Lesnar's also got a deal with the company where, you know, you see those sponsorships on the on, the, on his T-shirt and, you know, his, um, his his UFC gear that he's worn. That's He's allowed to wear that. Vince, will ne- Vince has never done that for anybody. He signed a deal where he's getting paid to, to rep that stuff on Vince McMahon's television product. So Vince McMahon is obviously pulling out all the stops to make sure that this guy is happy and that they make money with him being around. And I think the, the, the list of demands was a big excuse to, you know, show the fact that, you know, he's, he's, he's not, he can come and go when he pleases, and he's pretty much going to do that. That's what his contract states in real life, if you will. So um, I, think it was, I think it was important that that got brought up out in the public in the ring. Um, and as far as like the, 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 your, your take on, you know, the, uh, the, uh, alliance with, uh, Laurinaitis, um, that's probably just to eventually set up if they decide they ever want to turn him babyface or if they have to, um, you know, him kind of like bullying Laurinaitis. Um, but you know, Laurinaitis is a sneaky heel authority figure. So, you know, and he's, he, he'll do anything to make, you know, to make sure that the show makes a buck, his character will. So. He's going along with it. And um, so, I mean, that's my take on it. Yeah, the contract time was a little too long um, for me. He was very redundant. And the Cena stuff, Cena came out, you know, he, they flipped the table over, but, you know, there was no physical, you know, nothing happened. So, I mean, it, 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 my theory was let's wait till Sunday. I don't give a shit about stuff like that. That doesn't make me want to watch it more. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, but, you know, when I'm looking at, like, it being disjointed, though, I mean, my point is, you know, you're kind of setting up this whole thing where, you know, you know, poor John Cena is in this, in this bad position again, and, you know, it, it almost seemed like, well, there was this, this faction, this faction of, you know, heels that were kind of, you know, it's, it's Laurinaitis who brought in Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar's his boy, and... uh you know, he's all about Raw being all about Brock Lesnar, and he's going to give Brock Lesnar everything he wants. And just maybe it's the way Brock Lesnar presented it, but it was almost like he was getting in Lauren Ives' face. And I guess I, guess I can see what you're saying, that if they want to turn him babyface, uh, you know, they, they've created a little bit of tension there. But I just I, – I thought it just kind of it – was, it was disjointed. Like sometimes in wrestling it's good when it's it's, you know, a little more black and white, and it was – you know, Laurinaitis and his boy against John Cena. And the way Brock Lesnar was presenting his case, I just thought he was kind of getting in Laurinaitis' face a bit. Where I'm like, wait, you guys are supposed to kind of be kind of chummy. You know, Laurinaitis is going to give you anything you want. Like, I don't know, the way Lesnar was presenting it, it was almost like, you know, almost expecting that Laurinaitis was going to say no. It's like, oh, I'm not going to wrestle unless you give me this, this, and this, and that's it. And, but, and I don't know, I just it. The whole thing just didn't work for me, and I get—I mean, for those of us who are hardcore fans, you know, there's, there's, you know, a contract signing is not going to get us to to want to watch it anymore or any less, really. Um, but I do like the tradition of the contract signing, and you know what it is with the WWE and right now, and they've done a good job. But man, like that first pull part and with the, the uh, Cena bitch slapping Brock, and and then. Brock bloodying John Cena up and just wrestlers coming out and not, you know, we've talked about on the show before, you didn't have 
heels pulling away John Cena, or John Cena, or vice versa. You didn't have heels and faces. You had everyone grabbing anyone. You had almost heels and faces helping each other out to keep these two separated. And and it gave this like huge just feeling of of tension and, and realism. Uh, you know, to the point where you know I was watching it, thinking, well, some of these guys. I wonder if they got hold of the script because some of these guys look dead serious, like they're scared that that Lesnar and and Cena are really going to go at it. Um, it was so well done, and I just thought the contract signing just was. You know, after all this tension and mounting tension, um, you know, this huge pull apart and then the contract signing was, all right, like it was basically, you know, two guys in the ring that, you know, are for shit with promos with Lesnar and Laurinaitis. And then at the end, Cena comes down, uh, you know, and wraps his fist in a, in a chain and, and flips the table and that's really it. Um it just kind of left me a little flat with all the, the tension that was building between the two of them. Um, and like I said, it was just kind of, it was weird and disjointed. I, I just didn't like, I, I would have much rather, at least for now, to see a clear cohesion, uh, a really clear-cut cohesion between Lesnar and Laurinaitis. They are totally on the same page. Um, and Les, and for Cena to win, he's going against like the entire system, that the, the company is all about Brock Lesnar, and they're totally in allegiance. Um, so I just kind of thought the contract signing left us a little flat. But let's get to the calls right now. Hey, Tony, are you there? Yep, what's up, guys? How are you Great tonight? Fun. I'm doing all right, eh? Yeah, so the um, Cena-Lesnar should be a good match tonight. You know, good match tonight. I don't know if I'm going to get the show, but uh, as far as you know, like the contract signing on Raw on um, Monday night, um I was okay for most of it, you know. I mean, I thought Brock's, you know, with the whole uh, demand, you know, like uh, having his name in the, uh, you know, Raw star and Brock Lesnar. I, I thought that was good, you know. I was like, I'm, I think he's, he's he's really been uh, playing the heel role, you know, doing a great job with that, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, although I'm guessing that being that, uh, you know, the, the, the fans tonight will probably be cheering for him because, you know, it's in Chicago. It's, you know, yeah. the last time Cena was in Chicago, he was booed. Granted, it was against CM Punk, but, um, you know, but uh, as far as him coming out with the, you know, Cena coming out at the end with the chain, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't really have as big of a problem with that, you know. I mean, to me, as far as, like, the Cena goes, you know, it's like as long as he's not cutting one of his cartoony super friend promos, it's like, I'm okay yeah. with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. It just, I don't know, it just seemed, I, I honestly, I just would have rather seen him, like, just go at it. I would have rather, you know, and again, giving giving Cena at least, you know, it looks like they're definitely trying to tear him down and build him back up, and it definitely seems like they're trying to give Cena a little bit of, of an edge. Um, you know, I, I would have loved to, I, I mean, I was hoping, honestly, when the contract signing started and Cena was nowhere to be found, that he was going to come out of the crowd from behind. And the, the brawl would start from there. Um, I just wanted to, I wanted to see some physicality. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can't say that I had a problem with him with with the chain. Just I I guess I was just hoping for more. Okay, yeah, because I know sometimes like some people thought he looked like he, he looked like a bit you know, like he looked like a bit of a pussy with the chain, you know, coming out with the chain because it's like he's always like been this. You know, like the guy you know he's, he's always been like super seen and everything, and now all of a sudden it's like you know. It's, some people think they're turning like he's turning into more of a uh, 
you know, his confidence is deteriorating, is like going downhill or whatever. But um, I don't know. I don't really see it like the whole thing is just like he's gone from being like, you know, the cartoon superhero to like the to like the guy who thinks so many. You know, this is. I think this feud has been more definitely more of a um, and the and the one with the, and his feud with Rock too. You know, I, I think that he's definitely been more believable as some as a guy who's got something to lose. Because like you were saying before, you know, like with the superheroes or whatever, you know, like even with Hulk Hogan back in the day when he was attacked, you know, when he would get laid out by a King Kong Bundy or an Andre the Giant or whatever, you know, it's like you you want to see him make the comeback. And you know, usually with, with Cena, we haven't, you know, we don't really get that too much. Usually he just, you know, usually he just squashes the heel and that's and, that, and that's it. This one here. Um, you know, hopefully if they do it right, you know, I, I think if they're going to keep this thing going, they should have they should have Lesnar go over. But I, um, I'm not, Dave, I, I actually kind of like your idea too. You know, so I like having uh, Cena pull out, you know, pull out the upset victory, and then Brock just like laying him out, and like, and then end the show with that. So, but either, either way, I think Lesnar's got to be. I, th- I think Lesnar's got to be, you know, standing tall over Cena at the end. Yeah, I got. I got to agree with you. Any other? Uh, what are the matches you're looking forward to tonight? Probably uh, CM Punk and Chris Jericho. I mean, this will probably be the blow-off since they've done everything um, that, they, that they could do. I mean, I actually, I actually thought that, that that feud was. It started out good, but then once you know they got into the whole, you know, Punk's you know Punk's dad being a boozer and his family and everything. I I don't know. I just thought that even that whole segment on Monday with the sobriety test, I thought that dragged. But. Um, you know, their matches, you know, it's like the matches have been good, you know, it's like, a, you know, but the match WrestleMania I enjoyed, but, um, you know, in the, and so like I said, the whole feud started out good, you know, so, but then when they, then when um, Jericho started bringing Punk's family into the thing, I just thought it kind of, kind of went, kind of went south a bit, but, uh. No, you, you anyway, didn't like that, that angle? The sobriety test, no, I just, oh, man, yeah, I, I, I think I, I wrote it in my blog, too, I mean, it was just painful to sit through. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll agree with you. I thought it uh, it dragged uh, uh, definitely a bit. And, and to be honest, I mean, you know, and and you know, I, I I've studied acting in my day, um, and, and one of the things we learned was uh, it's really difficult to play drunk. It's really it's, it doesn't seem like it would be, but to act drunk when you're sober is is not the easiest thing to perform, and. I think CM Punk like illustrated that because, uh, you know, immediately like it was he's not drunk he's he's yeah, not well, drunk. Yeah, at the end he wasn't gonna be, but yeah, and but yeah. even in in the back when they saw him in the locker room and he put the yeah. cup was empty. He hit the table with the plastic cup and you could hear that there was nothing in it. It was. Just, I was just, just gonna say that, dude. I was just gonna say it. Oh my <laughs> god, I'm serious because he did it twice and you could hear the hollow cu- solo cup hit the, hit the table. I was just gonna say that. Oh, uh, well, but even at the you know, it's like you know, it's like he, he puts on the whole drunk act with the two cops out there, and then it's like you know, then they say, okay, he's drunk, and then it's like he leave, and then after the cops leave, and then it's like, you know, so it's like why, you know, why put on this act in front of in front of the cops when they and they're dumb enough to fall for it? Yeah, because the, the weird thing, thing was about I would... that too. Here's the other thing about that too. I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, go ahead, go ahead. the cop, if the cops go ahead and say he's drunk. He's drunk in public. You can get arrested for that. And the other thing that, that boggled my mind about that segment, there were some funny parts of that segment that I thought was just, you know, like slapstick comedy. It was it was kind of funny, but for the most part, it, it didn't do anything for me. But, you know, they made him do the alphabet backwards. He fucked that up. Then the, yeah, the yeah. straight line. 
they put the line in the middle of the ring, which I thought was just kind of funny that they put a line in the middle of the ring. He screwed that up. Why, why didn't you take a breathalyzer test on him? The smell That's what I was thinking, too. Yes, the cops were standing whole... right next. The cops were standing right next to him, and they didn't look like just a couple of indie guys dressed up in mall cop uniforms. They looked like real, you know, Detroit, Michigan cops. Why couldn't you, like, you know, if you wanted to make that team real, get real cops there, get a breathalyzer, put a breathalyzer on. You're standing right next to him. If he's that drunk, you couldn't fucking smell him. Like, give me a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I mean, in WWE, I mean, the logic's really. Um... Logic always gets thrown out the window, and you know, as far as WWE booking is concerned, you know. So, but yeah, I, you know, I was wondering myself, uh, myself too. You know, it's like, where's the freaking breathalyzer? You know, it's like, isn't that what the whole sobriety test is about? But not only that, but the one thing that really bothered me about the whole thing, and and that's where you come into consistency with with your writing. If if they were going to do it, like if if they were going to have a fight at the end, and he was going to eventually illustrate that that he was sober. If you're going to bring two cops, and like you're saying, Dave, two cops, and you're going to be arrested for, you know, drunken disorderly, uh, drunken public, yada, 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 the writing, the stipulation, the script, if he was declared drunk, he was going to be stripped of the title. That's what was said. If he's declared drunk, he's going to be stripped of the title. The police officers declared him drunk. And left. The declaration was made that he's drunk. Technically, he should have been stripped of the title. If right, that yeah. was the determination, yeah. Yeah. he should have been stripped of the title. With the way they played at the script, that's what should have happened. Now, they changed it, and they didn't have cops there, and they had someone else, either Lauren Ice or, or Teddy, doing the, the uh, sobriety test. And then Teddy could have said, oh, I changed my mind now. He he wasn't drunk. He keeps the title. That would have been one thing. But the stipulation was when he came in for the sobriety test, you will be stripped of the title if you're declared drunk. He was declared drunk by police officers, and he still has the title. And that's where, you know, at times with the WWE and their writing, they kind of missed the boat with being consistent with their storylines. And that, that kind of bugged me with the sobriety test. Yeah, no, yeah, the uh, yeah, inconsistency is you know something that they're very uh, guilty of doing. You know, yeah, because like you're saying, the whole you know it's like the cops leave, and then there's like Teddy Long is like not even didn't even have the power to give Punk the belt back in the first place. You know, after the cops left, you know, it's just like okay, Punk's not drunk, he's got the belt back. It's like you know, like I say, you know, the, the segment just dragged, and then it was just like you know. A lot of you know, like, like the, even like that part you were saying at the end, it was just like so weird. It was just like, you know, like you said, the cops said he was drunk, even though they never used a breathalyzer or anything. And then they walk out, and then I don't know. <laughs> my my it's kind of mind boggling. My brain is starting to hurt. My brain hurts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony, I'd like to thank you for the call again. Tony is our man. He is our blog man. If in any, if ever you miss a, a show. Impact, SmackDown, Monday Night Raw. Go check out Tony's blogs, The Best of Business, recapping all the shows for us on com. As always, Tony, it's great talking to you. Have a good night. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, all right. Help me, Beth. All right, cool. Talk to you later, man. Okay. Ah, oh, Tony, such a good guy. I like Tony. Yeah, and his blog is good. He is, and, and his... Uh, 
his blogs are no joke. I mean, I know it's it's you know it's my show, and and I'm I'm hoping you know I want people to go to the website. I'm not gonna lie, you know we we want traffic there. We want people visiting. But man, I mean seriously, if you miss a show, just go over kenryshow.com. We post his blogs. Um, he really he goes match by match, gives a little opinion in there. But you you get an idea of what happened. On, on Raw, Impact, or SmackDown, uh, reading through his blogs, and it's good to have him on board. Uh, he's on the bus. He's on the bus, if you will. Yes, um, he is. He's, he's a part of the movement. Yes, it is. You know, you're right. This is not a show anymore. This, my friends, this is a movement. And and we're moving in this movement. Yes, it is a movement. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! I had to get that one in there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to get like that somewhere just so we can like you know hit a button this BS going. But <laughs> anyway, why don't you know we, we hit CNN? I'm sure you know at some point. Give us a call three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That number again three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Hit us up on Facebook. We still want to hear from you. Who gets a nod of approval this week in the wonderful world of professional wrestling? We're gonna to get to that a little bit later on. Tweet me if you'd like the Ken Reedy Show or at the Ken Reedy Show on Twitter, as well as emailing Ken at the Ken Reedy Show dot com. Um, but why don't we get into it? Since uh, with Tony's call, we started, uh, we touched on it a bit and kind of dissected the segment a little bit. But the story about Angle, the booze fest that has been Jericho versus Punk. Uh, you looking forward to this match tonight, Dave? I am looking forward to this match. Their WrestleMania match was great. I thought it was a really good match. It was a good title match. They gave it time. I was worried, first of all, that they weren't going to give that match time at WrestleMania because you had Brock and Cena, you had Hell in the Cell. Um, but they gave Jericho and Punk a good a good chunk of time on that show. They were second to last, and a lot of people had heard that they were going to open the show with the title match so they can give them more time. And... Uh, I'm glad that they put the WWE Championship towards the end of the card, not necessarily main eventing the show, but it ended the card. It was one of the top three hyped matches of that show. Um, being in Chicago, you know, CM Punk, a native of that city, um, and, of course, the last time the WWE was on pay-per-view in Chicago, we all remember Money in the Bank when CM Punk left the WWE with the WWE Championship. He was no longer under contract. There was, you know, a huge, there was huge controversy surrounding it. And the Chicago crowd is electric. That's probably one of the best crowds you could ever be a part of. I mean, there's classic wrestling moments that have taken place in Chicago, and the the audience there has attributed to those moments. Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13, Jericho making his debut in the WWE on Monday Night Raw. Of course, the CM Punk storyline culminating at Money in the Bank. Um, so this should be a very good match. Obviously, it's going to be a pro-punk crowd, um, and it's a street fight, a Chicago street fight. Um, I'm kind of hoping that with the Chicago street fight that it's like old street fight rules where you, like, come as you are and you're not rest wrestling in your gimmicks, you know, your, your kick pads and your tights. Like, if, like, they came out in street clothes, like jeans and boots, like, uh, you know, kind of like the old NWA days when they had, you know, street fights and stuff like that. Um, it should be a good match. And I think 
I think you know Punk's gonna. I think Punk's gonna come out victorious. I think somehow his family's gonna get involved. They might get a few licks in on Jericho, uh, but I think it's Chicago. I think Punk will end up um, winning the match and uh, being victorious. This isn't really about like Jericho needs to get his heat back or anything because he's been playing such a great heel. And uh, I just want to touch on one thing. Um, when Jericho first came back and he started this thing with Punk, it was all about being the best in the world. And when he couldn't get under when he couldn't get under Punk's skin, he resorted to digging up some family dirt about CM Punk. And then they had their match at WrestleMania, and it was great. And he didn't win that. So what did he do? He resorted to assaulting Punk and like humiliating him, pouring alcohol on him. And I thought Monday night Jericho's performance. As, as hokey as that whole sobriety test was, his performance in that was just great. He just kept saying, like, if he's drunk, you got to give me the belt. You know, like, he's like, Johnny, if, 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 he, if the cops legally, legally, you know, make him, you know, a drunk or whatever, excuse me, I'm stumbling over my words, if he's deemed a legal drunk by law, then you give me the belt. Like, he's just a smarmy chicken shit heel. It's like, you don't find too many guys like that. You know what I mean? And like I said last week about heels, they don't need an excuse to be an asshole. They are, they're, they're just a heel. They're an asshole, you know? And Jericho played that perfectly. I think he's the best heel in the whole company right now, in my personal opinion. And um, so I don't think, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, Jericho needs to get the belt to get his heat back. Yeah. I think that's bullshit. This is really about moving CM Punk up further and, uh, Jericho's already on top as it is. He can do anything um, and still look good. So I see CM Punk winning there. I see it being a physical match, and the crowd's going to be hot in Chicago for it. So I'm looking forward to that match. I'm looking forward to that match more than I am seeing a Lesnar, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I think I think that should be a good match. And I, I got a lot of respect for Chris Jericho because, uh, you know, I've heard him in interviews, and, and the guy is uh, – he's taken acting classes. Um, you know, he takes his character seriously. uh you know, he tries to, you know, new things, um, and, and I agree with you. I, you know, it's funny because I do think that there's, there's certain, um, you know, the whole smart mark thing, and and you know, people, you know, all oh, they need to get their heat back. All you know, if if Jericho loses again, he's going to look weak, and he needs to. They make they need to make him look strong if he's going to, you know, yada yada yada. And you know, I've got a point in in wrestling fandom over the years that with with the internet and the dirt sheets and. You know, most wrestling fans knowing the terms. And when growing up for me as a kid, you know, it was good guy, bad guy. You know, that's how we knew things. You know, now everybody knows like heel and face and, you know, what was a work and what was a shoot and all that other good stuff. And so, you know, we all think we, we know, you know, and, and we think we know what's best. But, you know, talent and being good at what you do will always win over, no matter what. And Jericho is so good. Um, he's so good at playing that just, like you said, smarmy just asshole that it doesn't matter. He, he could lose tonight, and it could be the blowout match, and then by tomorrow they'll, they'll have him starting another rivalry, and it'll be just as heated. He'll be just as good as good at it. Um and he'll be just as hated by the crowd. Uh, he's just that good at, at working his character. And he's very good at putting other guys over. And not that CM Punk needs to be put over, but, you know, whatever. It, it can't hurt putting someone over more. And these matches, uh, you know, their their whole run has been really good. Uh, their match at WrestleMania was amazing. Um, I'm looking forward to this. The only 
the only drawback of this match is it being a Chicago street fight and probably occurring, you know, some action will be occurring outside of the ring, if not even outside the arena. Um, I, I will assume that it's not going to headline. Obviously, I'm thinking Brock Cena is going to be the, the headlining match. Um, where, where you do run that risk of the crowd kind of exploding too early because, uh, you know, CM Punk is so popular in, in Chicago. I actually thought going into this pay-per-view, a good way to kind of back off of John Cena a bit would be for CM Punk to headline this pay-per-view. I was setting up perfectly for him before Brock Lesnar was was coming back and that was announced he was going to wrestle John Cena. Uh, I thought this pay-per-view would be it. His champ- championship match, headline the pay-per-view, uh, that would work so well for Chicago, um, but I'm thinking that's not going to be the case. And so hopefully we don't have any sort of hangover uh, after Punk's match going into uh, the matches later on. Uh, but I am looking forward to this. I think these two two guys, uh, like I said, Jericho is brilliant. He is absolutely brilliant. Uh, CM Punk, very good. Not a, not as good as Jericho, but he is very good. Uh, both tremendous in-ring performers. Uh, so the story arc going into this match, I'm expecting a very good match. Uh, between the two of them, and like I said, later on we'll get into picks. But I gotta agree; I don't think that it's a match that we necessarily need to see uh, Jericho win to to keep his spot or to to maintain his heat, or as they say, to make sure he quote looks strong. Um, you know, he'll be fine coming out of this match. Um, but again, like we've talked about, and we talked about with Cena Brock, another match. You know, I can't sit here and say definitively, oh, well, this guy's going to win. Uh, a victory by either guy makes sense. A uh, victory by either guy, I think both of them are talented enough that they'll survive a loss. So, you know, it kind of leaves you at that kind of suspense-filled, you know, yeah, they're in Chicago, they give CM Punk the rub, but, you know, there have been times where, you know, in your hometown is not necessarily a good thing. So they go that route and get Jericho a tremendous amount of heat by giving him the victory in Chicago. You know, who knows where they're going to go, but that is a good thing for professional wrestling when you don't know, uh, or at least you think you don't know who's going to win a match. So I I agree with you. I am looking forward to this this match Tremendously so. These two guys should really put on a really, really good performance in the wonderful city of Chicago. And you, what do you think? Uh, you know, Chicago street fight. Do you think that there's going to be any uh, outside involvement? Uh, maybe Laurenitis's crew comes in and uh, pulls something. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier about like you know being a Chicago street fight and it could you know go out of the building. You know, you also have to remember. Um, Randy Orton and Kane is in a false count anywhere match, so that's guaranteed to not go anywhere near the ring. And the two of them will, you know, they'll, they'll, they might end up on Rush Street, you know, uh, down yeah. on the strip down there, you know, beating the shit out of each other. Um, so as far as Laurinaitis' crew, um, maybe I mean I could see like maybe a last minute, you know, stipulation of sorts that like they make David Otunga the guest referee, and you know there's no rules, and you know. Obviously, with a Chicago Street Fighter, there's no rules. So, like, you know, a few people get involved. and It's possible, but they really haven't put much focus on um, 
Punk and Laurinaitis um, in this storyline, which is a good thing because, you know, we know how that turns out, you know. Punk, you know, insults Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis looks like an idiot, but then he gets his heat back on Punk by putting him in, you know, you know, compromising uh, situations. So um, I, I think it's just going to be the two of them, to be honest with you. It wouldn't surprise me if something else happens last minute, you know, but um, who knows? Um, all in all, I'm looking forward to that match. It should be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. And let's go out to the phones. We've got a caller call right there. Yes. How are you? I'm here. Gentlemen, it is I, Vladimir Joseph. Ah, first class. How you doing, man? How are you guys? Doing all right. How'd your match go last night? It was awesome. I mean, it was pretty good. It could have been better, but, you know, that's that's just me being me. Uh, Better how so? Well, as you guys know, I was supposed to face just incredible... And that didn't happen. Yeah. I'm going to get to that one later. <laughs> yeah. So I got a, I got to work with a guy by the name of Bull Dread. And uh, he's a cool dude. And we just brawled. Like, there was, you know, it was just a, a brawling match. So, you know, it was just, I don't know. It, it was all right. Well, were the crowd into it? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, they like hard-hitting big dudes going at it. But uh, the overall show was good, so that's what I'm I'm pretty happy about. Rickamania. Cool, Rick-a-mania. so uh, what are you looking forward to most in the uh, pay-per-view tonight? Uh, I don't know, man. The entire card looks pretty stacked. The, uh, the uh, Brian and Sheamus match should be interesting since they, nobody really got to see them work. Uh, on TV, I've seen them at a couple house shows and and uh, things like that. But they have really good chemistry together, and I think that match would be a good match to watch. Uh, obviously, uh, Cena and Brock should be interesting since Brock's been away for a long time. But you know they had to put a uh, a gimmick match to it so that it doesn't show Brock's little uh, rusty areas. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that should be interesting. Punk and Jericho, obviously. Should be a good time, especially since they're in Chicago. Uh, I don't know. Like the whole card looks pretty pretty stacked, so I'm excited. Yeah, it looks good. You know, let me ask you a question. Just as someone who who does perform in the squared circle, uh, and you alluded to it, you know, with, with Brock Lesnar, uh, as far as being in ring shape, and we know that you know we've seen footage of him working out, and obviously he's he's kind of a freak of nature, but. Right. I mean, what what does the layoff do for him, and how is that going to affect him tonight? I know there's a stipulation, but um, how important is that that he has not been in the ring in eight years? Uh, well, as you saw at Rock and Cena at WrestleMania, it's I mean the ring is it's very demanding, you know what I mean. And regardless of who you are, when you come back, you kind of you kind of lose that 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 way of breathing. You know what I'm saying? Because you kind of have to control your breathing. Because once you take a bump, man, it's like it it takes a lot out of you. And so that's why guys like Taker, when he worked Hunter last year, and even this year, there was always a stipulation added to the match so it can hide their weakness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they could do more. There's, I mean, it's not a rest spot, but they could do less 
with what they had. You know what I'm saying? So, so is it like tonight while we're watching the match, we should see how Brock reacts when he takes that first bump? Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be more slow street fights, you know, street fight-ish, because all he has to do is, like, whip Cena into the stairs and just walk around, as opposed to whipping Cena off the ropes, taking a shoulder tackle, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't have to do much, because most likely we're going to see him dominate Cena for, like, a good 15 minutes, because they're probably going to go 25 to 30 at most. And it's going to be mostly Cena getting beating, beat down. So it should be interesting. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm I Just out of curiosity, what, what would you be uh, your prediction for the match, and where do you think they go after the match? It's, it's funny you asked me that because I was talking about that with one of my buddies because it's like, do you put Cena over and have Lesnar job on his uh, his return? Or do you have Cena do a job to a guy who who just made his return and it'll be the second second time in a row that he's done that for somebody, you know? Right. It's kind of hard. It's, it's hard to judge, but you think about it. If he does, if Cena does lose tonight, hypothetically speaking, then I would have him just keep losing until he gets pissed off. You know, until he goes back to to that ruthless aggression, John Cena, where I'd still have him lose on Raw and not face anybody for a couple of weeks, and and, and he just flips out. You know, so I think that would be good for John because it would not only would it help him, but it would help the company as well because now he's not going over as much, and people are going to start getting behind the fact that he's not winning all the time. So it's it's interesting. I mean, they could go either way. You know, who knows? That's kind of get him doing crazy stuff. Get at that point, like you're rooting for the underdog again. Right, exactly. But then again, it's like, well, who do you do you have Brock for for dates? You know what I'm saying? It's it's weird. It's it's, it's weird. But do you think that's good for wrestling? The fact that we're going into this and there's not a, you can't put your finger on exactly you know what's going to happen. Yes, it's absolutely great for wrestling because you don't know. And that's cool. what the business needs, man. It needs it doesn't need predictability anymore. Because for a long time everybody's been been noticing, oh okay, uh here's what's going to happen and it's happened. Lately, a lot of things have been people are thinking is going to happen hasn't happened. So, it's it's good. I'm interested to see what this pay-per-view brings tonight. Very cool. Well, a lot of thanks for the call. Our our favorite indie wrestler out there. You got any uh, dates and events you'd like to promote before you go? Uh, let's see. Next week, I'm in Wallingford, Connecticut on May 5th. Forgot the venue, but I'm sure I can hit you guys up with that later. Okay. It's called Wrestle Jam. It's awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck with that. Thanks for the call. Hope to hear from you soon. Take it easy, bud. Hi, right, brothers. Take care. Yep, I'll try. All right, well, there's first class Vladimir Joseph. Check him out on Facebook. Uh, And a guy who has a great mind for the wrestling business. And uh, down in Miami, so uh, glad to hear him on the show. Um, You know, go check him out if you can uh, on the indie scene. 
but at this point in time, we're going to take a short break. And with the news update, here's Dave Rosenblum. Good evening. Thank you very much. This is the annual Dave 5 Top Stories of the Week in Professional Wrestling. Our top story tonight comes from Shane Douglas Promoters Extreme Reunion Show as former WWE and ECW star Sabu was found in his hotel room unresponsive and unconscious. Promoters tried reaching Sabu when he missed the FanFest portion of Extreme Reunion. When their calls were not returned, officials from the event panicked and went to the hotel where Sabu was staying. Officials knocked on his door, and when they didn't receive an answer, Mustafa from the gangsters broke down the door and found Sabu in an unconscious state. Medical personnel rushed him to a local medical facility, and he was checked into ICU. Conflicting reports from last night on various wrestling news sites rumored that Sabu had passed away. But the good news here is that Rob Feinstein from RF Video publicly stated this morning that he spoke with Sabu and he checked himself out of the emergency room, stating he was feeling fine and had an allergic reaction to medication. Another scary report coming out of Extreme Reunion last night was the former WWE and ECW superstar Justin Credible was sent home by officials after being deemed unfit to work. Reports stated he was seen passed out in the backstage area and slumped over, and officials felt it was not safe to let him go out there and perform in an altered state. After he was told to leave, Credible had begged officials to stay, but was denied his request. Ironically, around the same time this story broke, Sabu's picture had come up on Twitter, and it was taken by Justin Credible on his Twitter account showing Sabu in a passed-out state, giving the impression that Credible and Sabu had been partying together from the previous evening. Credible was then seen later in the evening walking around the arena during the show, and officials then escorted him out of the building, to which he obliged. Earlier this week, former WCW superstar Marcus Buff Bagwell was involved in a serious car accident stemming from a seizure while operating his vehicle. DMZ.com reports that Bagwell was driving and started to feel something was wrong, which then prompted him to phone his wife of the situation. After making the call, his vehicle crossed over the median of the main road and flipped over reported nine times. Bagwell was taken to a local uh, Atlanta medical facility and placed in critical condition. Bagwell suffered a broken neck, his jaw wired, as well as being inserted with breathing tubes. We have to report that as the week has gone on, doctors have moved the breathing tubes, showing Bagwell can breathe on his own, and he's now able to eat solid foods. His mother, Judy Bagwell, commented to TMZ.com that Marcus's spirits have been lifted due to uh, contact with friends such as Sting, Steiner Brothers, Diamond Dallas Page, and the outpouring concern from the wrestling community. The Ken Reedy Show would like to extend best wishes to Buff Bagwell and a speedy recovery. WWE superstar Rey Mysterio has been suspended for 60 days with a violation of the wellness policy. Mysterio was rumored to return within the next few weeks, but with his recent suspension, he is now not eligible to compete until June 25th. Mysterio has been out nursing a knee injury since August of 2011, and new reports suggest that he had tested positive for amphetamines back in February when Monday Night Raw was in his hometown of San Diego, California, when he was visiting the company to return. This is Mysterio's second offense of the WWE wellness policy, as his first offense came back in 2007, where he, along with other WWE superstars, were suspended for 30 days purchasing medication from a controversial online pharmaceutical company that was under investigation with the federal government. 
One more offense for Mysterio could result in termination from the WWE. On a brighter note, wrestling fans in Newburgh, New York, Northeast Wrestling is coming to the NFA High School on June 1st for their annual Spring Slam event. Already scheduled to appear, Kevin Nash, Bobby Lashley, Jerry the King Lawler, NEW champion Brian Anthony, Hale Collins, Matt Taven, TNA superstar Robbie E, and pumping up runner-up Luke Robinson. Tickets on sale now at northeastwrestling.com. And that's it, my friends. This is the Day 5 Top Stories of the Week in Professional Wrestling. Back to you, Ken. Wow, that was cool. So I hope you all like that. That is our new feature on the show. Dave, well done. Thank you very much, my friend. I, I thought it was cool. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna stick that at the top of the hour, uh, right between right smack dab in the middle of the show from now on. That's gonna be our news update, just hitting you up with news stories in the wonderful world of professional wrestling. Um, just to get you updated on like the important info, stuff that maybe doesn't need to be dissected and re-dissected and talked about, um, but just so you got an idea of the news of the week. So uh, you know, hit us up on Facebook, let us know what you think. Um, we want to hear from you, 347-838-9815. The number again is 347-838-9815. Tweet us at the Ken Reedy Show or, as always, Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. I want to hear from you. Who gets your nod of approval this week? We're going to get that a little bit later on. But why don't we talk about it? Vladimir touched on it, and it was interesting when you're asking him what matches he's looking forward to. The first match out of his mouth was Sheamus versus Daniel Bryant. Uh, thinking tonight will be probably uh, slightly longer than 18 seconds, give or take. Um, but a match that... um. Should be a decent one. What are you looking forward to in this, Dave? Um, hopefully I'm looking forward to a longer match than WrestleMania. Um, granted, I did like the finish of WrestleMania. A lot of people shit on that one, and uh, I thought that was pretty cool that they opened up WrestleMania with that match and just the unexpected finish that, you know, it got that buzz. It's like, well, you never know what's going to happen, you know, throughout the rest of the show. So I thought that was cool. Um, two out of three falls. Um this is right up Daniel Bryan's alley. Um, he's, you know, he's been known, especially when he used to be a big sensation on the indie scene for working long, long matches, um, you know, 45, 50 minutes, sometimes even 60 minutes. And they weren't Iron Man matches. They were just straight-up wrestling matches. Um, so two out of three falls, I think this is good. Um, and uh, I, to be honest with you, my prediction, I would not be surprised if Daniel Bryan took the title back. The phenomenon of this yes chant has just gotten, you know, it, it's gotten huge. And, you know, they're selling those T-shirts like crazy now. Um, and and now it seems to be that this week, especially on SmackDown, they're embracing it. The WWE is embracing the yes chance. There was nothing dubbed over people chanting yes. And, you know, even though you could see that they were chanting yes, sometimes they've dubbed over it when they've taped SmackDown. It didn't, didn't seem to be the case this week. Um I would not be surprised if Daniel Bryan walked out of Chicago with the title. And the last time they were in Chicago, it, he won the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match. And uh, Daniel Bryan uh, really started his ascend to the top there. So it may come full circle tonight, being in Chicago. He could win the title from Sheamus. Um, who knows? But uh, 
Sheamus, uh, I think he should keep the belt personally. Uh, that's 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 my opinion. I think he's a uh, a good uh, representative of the company with the be a star, you know, the bullying campaign, and have him as a champion. I could see him, you know, getting further into that John Cena public relations category. But due to the popularity of Daniel Bryan, and yes, I would not be surprised if the company decided to throw the title back on him with some involvement from AJ. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I I think putting the title on him may be a little bit uh, too, you know, which, you know, who knows. Uh, it's short-term thinking. Um, I think he is popular. And... Hey, I apologize. My car is acting up. I'm on site to the Hooters. So I apologize. My car was... Uh... It's okay. <laughs> See that? Like, that's the dedication here. He's doing this show from his car. People! From his car. It's kind of dedication Dave has to this show. So he's, yeah, he's on the road. On the road to Hooters. Uh, getting ready to watch the pay-per-view there. Um, but, yeah, getting back to the match, um, I don't know. I don't like the idea of putting the, the title back on him. And since we, we can get into predictions, I guess we'll start with actual predictions for this match. Um, I, I would say Sheamus is going to win. I'm hoping Sheamus is going to win. Um, I, I think... To me, Sheamus is, go- is a guy that they look at to the- as the future of the company, um, like you said, with the bully thing. Um, no doubt Daniel Bryan is extremely talented, and he's very over right now. Um, I don't know with Daniel Bryan how long-term a character I, I see him being. Um, I could be wrong, but I have my doubts. Um, you know, very popular right now. But, you know, I'll be honest with you, like, right now, let's say for argument's sake, at this moment, right now, and I'm not wishing it on anyone, God forbid, but tonight's pay-per-view, Daniel Bryan and John Cena both suffer injuries that will put them out of the business for a year. When WrestleMania rolls around, the fact that John Cena's not going to be there is a story. The fact that Daniel Bryan isn't going to be there maybe gets mentioned. It's a it's a sidebar. So I as popular as he is right now, I, I still don't know if he's a long term guy or if he's just he happens to be the flavor of the month and he happens to be a guy that, that people really love chanting yes and, and wrestling fans love to chant. Give them something to chant about. They'll chant that goddamn what chant sucks my left nut. But people will continue to chant it just because it's something to chant. So Speaking you know that- Speaking of that, I had to mention this because you just brought it up, but if any of you wrestling fans out there are also football fans, if you watch the NFL draft, I think it was one of the early picks, Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, was speaking, and the crowd was chanting what? So that's how popular that chant got. I just had to bring that up because you brought up the what chant. And I, I, hate, I, still, I hate that chant. I, it, I've only found it entertaining once, and it was when the great Kali was doing a promo, and I thought it was funny. Other than that, I just think the what chant is just the the worst thing to me. It not you know maybe I would have put Stone Cold higher up on the list of best of all time. I knocked him down a few pegs in my book. God damn it. what chant, son of a ah. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, you know, I I wonder about Daniel Bryan. I wonder if it, if he's a guy who, you know, has just gotten really popular really fast, and then you know, 
somewhere down the road a piece, uh, you know, he won't be as popular. Um, so I, don't know. I, I, I think for him and the character that he's got going right now, uh, as much as being obnoxious and having the title would work for him, I, I think kind of being a, a, a whiny bitch about not having the title uh, kind of makes him work better as a as a heel. Um, and, and personally, I mean, if you've seen the uh, the new the No Way Out uh, poster that uh, I actually posted it on uh, Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show, where it's an, an old school. Uh, looks like an old-fashioned movie where uh, Daniel Bryant, Daniel Bryan is uh, tied to a railroad track um, by AJ, um, and it's in black and white. And personally, I think the uh, the poster's horrible. I think it's it's kind of cheesy and campy. And I personally I like you know wrestling posters to you know have intensity to them. Um, I just think that it it's horrible. But whatever. I mean, Daniel Bryan, congrats. You got yourself on a wrestling poster, and that's a good thing. Um, but I, I almost see the opposite. I, I feel like uh, some's going to happen where Jay is going to do something that's actually going to cost Daniel Bryan uh, the match tonight, um, whether it's um, interfering, either getting finally having enough of him and interfering on Sheamus' behalf or trying to help him and uh, – screwing up the process. Uh, I do agree. I think there's going to be something with uh, AJ. I think she's definitely going to be involved in some way, shape, or form in tonight's match. Uh, uh, however, uh, you know, who knows how she's going to be involved. But they're definitely, it's funny, that they can't give uh, Divas any sort of substantial storyline uh, as far as being in the realm of Diva versus Diva. Uh, we do have a diva having a storyline in the man's world with AJ and uh, Daniel Bryan. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but I'm looking forward to, I mean, two out of three falls. I'm looking for a good match. I'm looking for this match. Um, actually, I'm looking forward for it to, to help Sheamus. Uh, not, not, not for me, and I don't think for you, Dave, but, you know, Sheamus did not get knocked down a peg by that 18-second match. I know a lot of, you know, Daniel Bryan marks uh, had to hate Sheamus uh, after that match. But, um, you know, I still like Sheamus. I think Sheamus got a lot to offer. And, you know, both you and I liked that finish. We thought it was cool setting up that, uh, you know, unexpected kind of vibe at WrestleMania. And it kind of, you know, it snapped the whole crowd into focus when, you know, holy shit, I just sat down with my beer and a, a title changed hand. This is going to be quite a night. I mean, and I think that's a good thing for wrestling when you, you kind of set up that dynamic. Um, you know, I still like Sheamus. And, again, when I look at the company and who they look at as far as uh, looking to the future, again, like I don't know if they're looking at Daniel Bryan as a guy in the future to lead the company. I think they are looking at Sheamus as being that guy, that face of the company, perhaps. Um, you know, he's in the running, at least. So uh, I'm, I'm looking, if I'm going to put a prediction on it right now, why not put a prediction on this match? Um, I am going to pick uh, Sheamus to retain the title tonight. Good pick. Good pick. Good thoughts? I uh, no, I, I could see that. Um, 
it could go, that's another match that could go either way, in my opinion. Um, that's that's the beauty of it right now with the way that the storylines have presented itself. Um, I thought of another idea that you know, with Daniel Bryan losing in 18 seconds and you know blaming it on AJ, maybe you know AJ helps Daniel Bryan win the title um, tonight at Extreme Rules, and the whole thing was just you know a backup plan from uh, WrestleMania, you know, in the event that he loses, we're going to go this route, you know, some in, in storyline terms between AJ and Daniel Bryan. Um, but uh, I don't necessarily see that going there, but it'd be pretty cool to, you know, to go that route. Uh, the one thing that you were talking about Daniel Bryan and, you know, investing time in him as a, as a long-term guy for the future um, I do see them investing a lot of time in him. I mean, they're capitalizing on this yes phenomenon to the point where now WWE.com wants people to send in pictures of, you know, regular Joes like us, you know, doing doing the yes, yes, and, you know, kind of like what people were doing with, uh, you know, uh, Tim Tebow when they were Tebowing, when they were praying. So, um I, can, I see them. I, I see the uh, the company investing a lot more time into Daniel Bryan. I think eventually he's going to be one of their top heels. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's a top heel now, but I think he's going to be one of the top heels in the company um, for the foreseeable future. Um, I, I I guess I would have to say Sheamus is going to win it, um, just to kind of really build him up a little more and have a, a credible uh, title victory per se. So um, I'll go with Sheamus on this one. So we're in agreement, but disagreement. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I I'm not saying I'd be shocked if they go long term with him. I just I I don't know. I, I I don't know, and I'm curious how much depth he's got as far as a, a performer. You know, gifted ring guy. Um, you know, this character right now is is hot, but I. I don't know. I don't know if I see him as a long-term guy. It's weird also. I mean, it's such a different time in, in wrestling. I mean, back in the day, you know, Daniel Bryan would be, you know, one of the best IC title holders ever. You know, they, the way they use the belts and everything nowadays, it's just a, it's a different era. Um, you know, if I was writing things, I think that's how I'd be using Daniel Bryan is really kind of, you know, being an IC or U.S. champ and, and kind of being a real dick of a heel uh, against, like, those guys. Um, You know, but he's in the heavyweight title picture, and, uh, you know, obviously he's going to keep him there. The problem, like, I always see with guys like him, you know, once they bring you into the heavyweight title picture, um, and once you kind of move out of it, uh, it, it's kind of, it becomes kind of your character's almost in limbo. Like, where do you go from there? Um, And... Again, very popular, and uh, I think Daniel Bryan fans will. Uh, I, I think almost it'll make the the whole yes thing, and it'll get hotter if he loses, um, because people will be more behind uh, chanting the yes. The other thing I found interesting is the other night his confrontation, uh, quote unquote, when uh, uh, with uh, Del, where which made me curious, like would they even consider uh, turning Daniel Bryan face? Uh, with the popularity of of the yes chant, um, I don't know if I see that coming in the foreseeable future. But it had a weird vibe when Del Rio came out, kind of confronting O'Brien. I was like, wow, that would. I wonder if they'll just jump on that. He's so popular with the yes chant that uh, 
you know, they're going to move and make him a face because, you know, you make him a, And again, like I said, wrestling fans love to chant. So the few fans out there that still go by the, hey, cheer for the face, boo the heel, uh, those guys would be start, starting to chant the, the yes as well. So in buying the yes t-shirts. Uh, so who knows? Um, but again, like I said, I I just look at it right now. If he just disappeared and WrestleMania rolled around, I don't know how many people would be reporting or talking about, oh, God, WrestleMania is coming around and Daniel Bryan's not going to be there. Um, you know, so I, I wonder how far uh, he'll be able to go. Again, gifted guy, much better on the mic that I would have given him credit for uh, early on. Um, but both of us are looking for Sheamus to take the victory Tonight, another underrated uh, or under the radar kind of match, and I've kind of liked the program that they've been running so far. What seemed kind of weird how they kind of threw it together quickly before WrestleMania, but uh, Orton Kane have run kind of an interesting program, kind of a under the radar, um, a good solid. Look, I know Kane's been a headliner, and Orton is a headliner, but for right now, this is kind of a good solid mid card program um good program good solid program by the two of them your thoughts oh yeah i mean it was kind of thrown together i didn't really like the explanation as to why kane attacked randy orton because a year before or eight months before he shook his hand and you know he lost his you know his 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 monster in him or whatever i mean i don't know but i mean and then watching he was like like the anti-sean michaels Mike like he, like he wants, like he wanted to lose his smile. Exactly. <laughs> like he wanted to lose his smile, but no. Uh, with um, with with the and then watching the match at WrestleMania it was the second match on the card, and you know at the start of that match, people were chanting Daniel Bryan, and uh, and you know chanting yes, and I was afraid that like it's going to take away from the match, but they had a solid nine ten minute match. Uh, it, it, Pretty good, you know. A few near falls where you thought somebody was going to win, and then you know the finish was even cool. You know when he choke slammed Orton off the second rope, and I I got up, I said to myself like, damn, these guys had a good match. Like this would have been like, like for WrestleMania it was good, but like it would have been like a good like TV main event, you know, like on SmackDown or something. And I thought it was really good, and I was like, well, you're definitely going to keep going with this. And uh, they've gone with it, and they used Orton's father, and they used Paul Bearer in it, and you know. Um, I see Orton coming out victorious in this match um, for two reasons. Number one, um, he's he's one of their guys. Um, if John Cena were to ever have to step away for any you know ungodly reason, I know for a fact that they're going to look to Orton as to be the flag bearer of the company. And uh, secondly, um, there's been rumors that you know were reported earlier this week that Randy Orton is in line for a big push. Going into the summer, um, a, big, uh, a serious big push to the point where they want to headline SummerSlam with him and Brock Lesnar, and uh, so I think Orton. I think in order to get him to Lesnar, he would have to like really just kind of beat the piss out of Kane in this Falls Count Anywhere match. And then, you know, it's Extreme Rules, Falls Count Anywhere. They're going to go all over the building. They'll be in the concession stand. You might see them in the bathroom. Maybe even outside the building, you know, in the parking lot. Um, there's going to be plunder involved. I hate to be redundant, but you know, plunder is actually a pretty cool word, especially when it Dusty is a Rose cool word. And, and yeah. I, I don't really think you can overuse it. 
Okay, well, I'm I'm glad that you said that, so I will continue <laughs> to overuse it. Um, anyhow, um, so, I mean, I think Orton's going to come out victorious, and you know what? It's same thing with Jericho. This doesn't make Kane look bad. Like, people, like, said, you know, oh, he came back with the mask, he looks stupid, and it's a, it's a joke, and, you know, Kane looks like shit. Like, he's a monster. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's always got, he's, he's got a good look to him. He's always going to be, you know, people are going to look at Kane as a serious threat. You know, the marks out there, they when they overanalyze it, they say to themselves, oh, well, he lost, and, you know, they made, they made him look weak against Orton, and he's supposed to be killing guys, and this, that, you know, like, no. No, fuck you. Like, seriously, like, <laughs> the guy... The guy's been around for a long time. He's a, he's another company guy. You know, he's just turned 45, I think, yesterday or the day before. He's you know he's he's one of those guys they can rely on, and he's held up his end as far as the storyline with Orton goes. They kind of added some more depth to it after WrestleMania, which is good. And being this kind of a match um, with you know false count anywhere, and I guess the last match that they had you know a, a year ago or back in July was a no DQ of some sorts, another, you know, uh, stipulation kind of a match, and it comes full circle. And I think, uh, I, I think eventually we'll see, um, we'll see Orton come out victorious. But Kane will still look strong in the match, and you know, all he's got to do tomorrow night is he can just show up and just choke slam somebody in the ring, and you know, he'll get his quote unquote heat back for all the marks out there that you know are you know crying that you know this guy was treated unfairly or, you know, he's not looking strong enough or, you know, whatever. But Orton's yeah, I mean, winning. I agree with you. I think Orton's going to win this match. And I also, I, you know, yeah, I mean, there's no shame in losing to, to a Randy Orton. I don't think, you you know, it can really make you look that much weaker uh, losing to Orton. I mean, it's it's Randy Orton, one of the, the best in the business. Um, I don't necessarily think that'll will make him look, uh, you know, weaker. I mean, if he lost to one of the Javas they're bringing out for Ryback, um, yeah, then Kane looks weak, and then Kane's not a big red monster. Um, but you know, there's no shame in losing to a Randy Orton. And uh, I think you brought up a really good point. If, and this is all speculation, who knows uh, where you know some of these websites get their information? We just report and we hear them, so it's pure speculation. But if they're going in the direction of a Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, SummerSlam main event. Um, yeah, I mean, it does set itself up beautifully if Brock annihilates John Cena, uh, maybe has a short program with someone else after this, and then gets into the ring one night and just says, you know, I'm just running rough shot through this company. Is there anyone here that can give me any sort of competition because I'll destroy anybody in my path? And then as he's standing there in the middle of the ring, lions in my hand, that counts to me. They understand, they talk to me. Huge pop, and then you're on your way to SummerSlam. So, yeah, you know? that, yeah. That that portion would get the pop. You singing that wouldn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Our band had a gig last night. I'm not. I'm. I'm surprised. I'm still holding up this well with about a half hour left in the show that I actually still have any sort of voice. Um. But yeah, that would be cool though if I could. I could do it live, like like Motorhead did for uh, Triple H. Go sing live for Randy Orton. That'll yeah, that get him go going. Up. 
That let's go to the phones, brother. All right, let's do it. Paul, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hey, Ken. Hey, David. Dank. Hello, Dank. Welcome aboard once again. How are you doing tonight? I am doing great, actually. I'm uh, looking forward. Well, I'm not going to actually... Unfortunately, I'm not going to have the time or money to order the pay-per-view, but I'm actually all signed up to see the pregame show, if that's what you want to call it, with The Miz and Santino. Yes, it's starting at 7.30. Yeah. Two minutes from now. So, and I've been listening in with you guys, and you raised a good point when you were talking about how Daniel Bryan seems to be right now like that hot guy because of um, his everybody chanting, because like you said, and I'm as guilty as everybody else, WWE fans have to have something to chant. I'm not a yes fan at all. I'm definitely a what fan, if nah. that's what you categorize it. But do you think that it, do you think that Daniel Bryan would be as big as he is or as fast rising as he is if it wasn't for that chance, like having lost after 15 seconds to WrestleMania, at WrestleMania? Do you think that if it wasn't for the chant that he has, that they would have kept bringing him forward or had it been anybody else, they would have like not necessarily dropped him, but put him on the back burner? and push somebody else forward? It's a good question. Dank, always with the, the, the good questions. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I think the yes chant is probably, and I think it happened by accident, and Daniel Bryan is, is very lucky. I, I do think the 18 seconds could have been more damaging for his career if not for the yes chant. Um, because there would have been no way of, of WWE creative to recognize or realize how popular he really was. Um, and to a certain extent, I was a bit surprised, uh, you know, even outside of the stadium, in bars, in restaurants, on the street, in the hotel lobby, uh, people chanting yes. Um, so, you know, I don't know if Daniel Bryan intended on it becoming a chant, uh, whoever came up with him prancing down to the ring, whether it was him or creative that came up with the idea of him prancing down to the ring, yelling yes was definitely a great idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would probably say talented as he is, uh, his career, or at least currently his run, would have been in jeopardy if not for the yes chant. What do you think, Dave? Uh, I agree, yeah. Um it's funny that you mentioned it. Uh, it's a good question, Dank, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, a lot of thought was put into that, you know, and uh, I, I admire you for that. Now, now, in all seriousness, I'm not kidding around, um, you know, how thoughtful your questions are towards this show, and it's a big contribution to the show, and I appreciate that. But uh, be that as it may, um, the yes chance, yeah, I don't think Daniel Bryan would have been as popular, but I don't think they would have put him on the back burner either because he was drawing some heat before all these yes chants, you know. Um, and he was, you know, in his run early on, you know, he was so happy that he won the title. You know, he was saying this yes a lot 
And then, uh, you know, when he was coming down to the ring and, I'm the world heavyweight champion, yes! You know, and then he, you know, threw his march down the ramp. And, uh, you know, so he had something there. Um, it just took, I guess, the audience to um, embellish it more. Um, but they were, I think they still would have used him because, you know, his mic work was solid. Solid to good, in my opinion, um, when he was cutting promos. And um, his in-ring ability, of course, he's a tremendous performer. I've seen the guy wrestle live before he ever made it to WWE at an indie show years ago. And, um, you know, I thought right away, like, he was the next, uh, you know, Chris Benoit. And that's how I thought that they were going to eventually, you know, kind of build him up as. Um, you know, basically his gimmick was the fact that he'd be one of the best technical wrestlers in the company. So I think they would have found a place for him somewhere somehow. But I don't think that the I, I, I don't think that he would have been as popular if the crowd didn't get behind the yes chance. And I thought that I I give my kudos to the audience um, for 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 finding that little glitch that like you know they're not glitch but that little thing in that character that. You know, they got behind, you know, whether it was the company that told him to do that or if it was just something that he was doing. Um, so I agree with you, Danky. I don't think that, uh, you know, he would have been as popular, but definitely I, I, I will disagree that he wouldn't have been put on the back burner for sure. He would have been used in some form or fashion um, in a good way. Okay. Now, last question I promise, and then I'll get off the phone. In your opinion, and this is probably one of those you got to think about it. In your opinion, both of you, what wrestler did the WWE think was going to be the next Hogan or the next Rock or the next Stone Cold? But no matter how hard they tried, he just never reached that stardom. Like, he just kind of fizzled. Uh, It's not hard for me to think. That's a good uh, question. I mean, obviously, not so much fizzled. Uh, the the obvious or one of the obvious answers for me would be the Ultimate Warrior. Um, but I can't say. I mean, he was tremendously popular. It was just when when they gave him the keys to the car, so to speak, when they said, "All right, you know, we're going to move Hogan out of the spotlight and Warrior, the company is yours." Uh, he fizzled at that point. Uh, that what was that. Uh, he filled at that point. So, I mean, the Warrior would be uh, the guy that, that I would look at as the guy who was given the keys to the car and, and kind of fizzled. But before that, he was tremendously popular. So I can't say that he was a, you know, a total bust. But when he was, you know, earmarked to be the guy uh, that was going to, um, you know, be the face of the company, so to speak, uh, it never really worked out for him. I'm trying to think of someone that they kind of tried to cram down our throat. It just didn't work, and I, and I can't. Any thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I could agree with you on Warrior. Um, another guy that I think that um, that the company really wanted to rest their, uh, you know, the 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 shoulder, you know, on their shoulders was uh, uh, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is a big guy. He wasn't really, you know. Too good on the microphone, but you know he uh, he handled himself okay, and uh, you know he was involved in a big money angle with that you know hair versus hair at WrestleMania 23 with Donald Trump and Vince, and you know if you're involved in an angle like that, Steve Austin was involved, the Umaga, um, you know they they obviously had some sort of faith in you, 
And for whatever reason, um, there's conflicting reports about, you know, Lashley's, you know, uh, standing with the company at the time. He left. He didn't want, you know, he didn't want to be a part of it anymore for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know if his contract ran out or if, uh, you know, he's had, I've heard he's had some issues with Michael Hayes. Um, but that was another guy that, like, they, they put a lot of faith in. And I, he didn't get a chance to fizzle. He just caught up and left. He wasn't, you know, uh, wasn't the company saying, oh, he's a big disappointment, you know, we should, uh, you know, put our money in this guy. Because he got probably one of the biggest paydays of his career working that match at WrestleMania, um, being a part of that angle with Vince and Donald Trump. But Warrior, yeah, I agree with you on Warrior, and I would have to say Bobby Lashley, too, is another guy. They really had some, like, I, I've heard rumors that, you know, in the event that Cena went down or Batista went down, they were going to put him in a prime spot and make him a big deal. Um, almost like the you know African American version of what Goldberg, you know or Goldberg or even Lesnar, you know. So I, I could say those two guys that just come to mind. There's probably a few more I could think of, but those two come to mind. First thought. Good question, Hank, and I'm going to post it actually on our Facebook page, and let's see if we get some other answers. And uh, you know, uh, you got us last time when you asked us about tag wrestling. And we kind of dedicated the next show uh, to that. So maybe we'll talk about it next week and we think of some other uh, As always, thanks for the call. We'll talk to you right. soon. No problem. See you guys next week. Take it easy. Thanks, Bye. No problem. Dank makes my head hurt. He makes me think. <laughs> it's supposed <laughs> to be a wrestling show. I'm trying to think and remember things. i got to think. That's a good question, though. Who's the biggest bust? Who they really, uh, you know, want to put? You know, just didn't work. Um, like I said, I mean, the Warriors, the obvious one, but um, you know, again, I can't, I can't say the Warrior was a bust, so to speak. He just was a bust when, you know, when he got to the mountaintop. Um, I gotta think about this. Uh, we got uh, reports coming in right now. Just to let everyone know if you had a chance to uh, watch it. Um, we got the uh, pre-show is is starting, and uh, the Miz started off with giving us a promo, complaining that he's uh, on the pre-show, and of course pointing out he was in the main event at Extreme Rules last year, uh, whining about that, uh, and he claims that he'll make this the most watched pre-show in WWE history. Who gives a flying fuck? Santino Chance. 55,589 people are streaming the pre-show at this time. And the stats on YouTube, it has 1,861 likes, 52 dislikes. And we'd like to thank our PR person, Michelle, for giving us the information on that. So the pre-show is underway for WWE Extreme Rules, which will be going up in about 20 minutes. Wow, it's a pay-per-view night. I'm so excited um, looking forward to that. And give us your calls. Let us know what you're thinking. What are your predictions? What's my predictions? Pain. Uh. Anyway, call us, 347-838-9815. Number again, 347-838-9815. Or hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Kenreedy Show. I'm glad you're all on board. And I said it earlier in the show, but screw it. I'm going to say it again. i got to thank you all who are out there listening. Because between March and April, we're, we've all but doubled, all but we've more than doubled uh, our hits on, on our talk radio uh, from March to April. So 
I, I'm kind of pumped that we're more than doubling our – if we can more than double our hits every month for the rest of the year, then we'll have more listeners than right now. I just did that math in my head. And I'm get more reports about the pre-show. The commentators were surprised. Commentators are getting criticism because they suck. The announcers are talking about the Cena-Brock match during the U.S. Championship match. God damn it. If you want the titles to be over, could you call the goddamn match? The announcer talking about Cena and Brock Lesnar, and they aren't even calling the Santino match. You know, this is the problem. They'll get a lot of people to check the pre-show this time because it's something new, and they'll kind of shit on it, and no one will want to get the pre-show next time. I know it's free, and people will probably... You know, just to just see what's going on. But why can't you just call? It's a U.S. title match. It's a title match. We know it's going to be Brock Cena. You know, if you're going to do a pre-show on YouTube, you can do the match, call the match, and throw a, a Cena-Lesnar video promo in there because I know you want to, you know, sell the pay-per-view up until the last minute. Um, but come on. I mean, <sighs> I don't know. I don't. Why? Why are we not running the WWE? I just. I, <laughs> I know. Come on, people. It's a United States title match between a guy who's Italian who holds the championship versus an asshole. Like, come on. Yeah. Does it get any better than that? And I'm scared. An Italian guy representing the United States versus a tool bag like the Miz, who you would probably find at some fucking nightclub on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Miz sucks. That's why we're doing our show now. We're not wasting 30 minutes of our life on YouTube watching that abomination. Yes, that's why I have someone else like feeding me reports so I can actually report on it while I'm doing the show and I don't actually sit through it. I feel uh, bad for her. Uh, we got reports in right now that Santino has retained the title. So the good news here is officially the Miz is just fucking done. The Miz is finished. <laughs> I think that, I think I think this is the rebuilding of the Miz too. I think I think is we're talking the about rebuilding. rebuilding. <laughs> <laughs> Loses to Santino on a a pre-show on YouTube. Well, Miz, yeah, had a good run. But you know, I, I I think I think it's done. I think it's over. You know, and, and and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the Miz going bye bye for. Oh, that's a, public knowledge. Yeah, we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I find Santino entertaining at least. Um, I, oh, I, there's nothing. No, nothing. Nothing the Miz does actually entertains me at all, even a little bit. All right. That's good. Got me. You know, that, that's something. I don't know, you know, what I do more on the show, but uh, I, I do bash the Miz. And I think at least one show. So I, I, you know, at least keeping consistent here, bashing the Miz one more time. Um, but yeah, Miz loses. Santino is still the U.S. champ, and with about 15 minutes left in the show, uh, it's time. It's that time. You know what time it is. It's that time to bring forth the rhythm of the line. You know, this is bad. There it is. It's...
The Ken Reedy Show, Nod of Approval. Had trouble finding the bed there for a second. So it is that time for the Ken Reedy Show, Nod of Approval. And that's that point in the show where we kind of take something that we saw or heard about, or maybe it's it's even an arena, a fan base, something. But we were just sitting on your couch, you're watching wrestling, you just look at the TV, just nod to yourself. Or maybe it's something you read on the computer, or an article you read, or something you saw somewhere in an arena, and you just kind of nod. Yeah, that that works. So each and every week we give something the nod of approval in the world of professional wrestling, you can call us in with your nod of approval, 347-389-815, or by all means, hit us on Facebook. Give us your nod of approval for the week. But Dave, Dave Ed, Diamond Dave, who are you giving your nod of approval to? Well, Kenneth, I am giving my nod of approval. This Actually, I take partial credit for this nod of approval because I didn't really find anything interesting enough to get a nod of approval this week in the world of wrestling. Um the uh, you know impact was terrible in my opinion. I think they've already kind of bombed on the open fight night, and uh, I will tell you right now, my nod of approval does not go to TNA Creative because I think they tried to relive the um, the Eric Bischoff firing that the WWE did about seven eight years ago when they had that stupid court and Vince was the judge and they threw him in a dumpster, and then on Impact. Bischoff, you know, had an appreciation night, and his last name was banned from the show, but they're still using it, and they threw him in a porta potty and he was covered in shit. And so my nod of approval does not go to TNA Creative, but my nod of approval is actually, I'm taking partial credit for this. Um, I was on the Ken Reedy Show Facebook, of course, log on to facebook.com slash Ken Reedy Show for all the uh, latest wrestling rumblings going on by the two of us. And um, Joe Mikos if I pronounced that right, hopefully I did, um, inspired me with this nod of approval. Um, Partially, the nod of approval, you know, I'll I'll give Joe some credit here too, goes to Beth Phoenix. She was in a match with uh, one of the Bella Twins. I don't know which one because they both suck. And um, uh, Beth threw one of them out of the ring, and then she went and jumped and planted her foot and looks like she rolled her ankle. And... uh, a lot of people thought, including myself, that she had really hurt herself, that it was legit, that, you know, they did a quick finish and they put the title on, you know, whatever the Bella's name is. I don't know that bitch. And um, she even, fan reports stated that they saw her in the airport. She's selling the ankle injury. The people at the hotel said that they saw her selling the ankle injury. She's selling it on Twitter. Um, turns out the, 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 the rumors are that they put the title on, this Bella, because I forget which one won it, and um, to set up the return of karma, and they wanted a good reason to take the title off Beth Phoenix, and in, in Joe Miko's words, kayfabe lives. She was selling the injury outside the arena. She was trying to hone and perfect her craft and protect the business. Old school, which I thought was super cool. So on behalf of Joe Mikos and myself, the nod of approval this week goes to Beth Phoenix being the true professional that she is and protecting the storyline. Kayfabe lives. 
Amen, brother. And words, you will be wrestling Nikki tonight at the pay-per-view. So kayfabe does, in fact, live. And before I get to my nod of approval, just some breaking news. Uh, Wheel has been spun for the Cody Big Show match, and it is a tables match. And Big Show says, quote, good luck trying to get me through a table. So it will be a tables match for the IC championship between Cody Rhodes and the Big Show. Uh, for my money this week in the wonderful world of professional wrestling, and I got to agree with you, Dave, um, not so harsh on, on TNA. Um, I, I, I didn't think Impact was terrible, but I didn't think it was great. I thought a lot of the backstage segments went on too long, and I agree with you with the Eric Bischoff firing. Uh, but I enjoyed uh, Team 3D being back in the ring together, as well you know, opponents, but uh, I like seeing them together. Um, I, I thought a lot of the stage segments went a little too long, but as a whole, Impact, Raw, and SmackDown, I thought it was a down week to be a wrestling fan. Uh, I was not really enamored by much of anything um, on the show. Uh, nothing, you know, nothing exciting to me. Uh, like I said before, the Raw left me flat. Um, Impact was so so fast. I didn't think SmackDown was that good, so it was. You know, it wasn't the best week in the world to be a wrestling fan. But for me, a moment that I really uh, thought was well done and probably the highlight, and it was one of the things where I actually, I did nod. As I was watching it, I, I was nodding. And that would be Edge's promo uh, to start off Raw when he promoted at John Cena about how John Cena has to win at Extreme Rules um, and how important it was uh you know, to believe in the, in the in the business, defend the business, and Brock Lesnar's only out for Brock Lesnar. And I thought it was an impassioned plea to John Cena. Uh, to me, it was reminiscent almost of uh, Roddy Piper and when he uh, promoted John Cena about uh, the importance of the championship belt when uh, he was on that angle with the Nexus. Uh, I thought the promo was great. I thought a little realism uh thrown in because Edge's contract was was up and uh who knows when we'll see Edge again in a WWE ring. Um so I thought the the it was very impassioned, it was very uh real, uh it was very well delivered, uh, the seriousness uh was there. Um and I, I thought it, it helped the drama of the match. Um again I thought the end left us kind of flat uh with the, the contract signing, but I thought uh, Edge's promo was absolutely tremendous, and it, it's when you see a promo like that from a guy like that, you, you sometimes maybe you forget how much you miss him, and then he comes in and he does something like that, and it's like, yeah, that guy was really good. It's a shame he can't be around week in and week out anymore. Um, so it's uh, my not approval for this week goes to Edge, and there you have it. Check out Facebook because we're gonna get your nods or approvals on there. Uh, but we got Beth Phoenix and Edge this week at Out of Approval. The Ken Reedy Show, Nod of Approval. So there we go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, look at that. Oh, is that. Be like the first time ever. I should keep track of these. Not a diva. 
Bill wins the nod of approval week? Good for Beth Phoenix. Good for her. Injury outside the the business. That's what I like to see. I like Beth Phoenix. You know, have you ever seen Beth uh, Phoenix like in person up close? I have. Yes. She's hot. Yeah, I. You know, it's funny. I was at the. Um, I was a guest of uh, Hurricane Shane Helms uh, at. Uh, WrestleMania 24 weekend in Orlando, and I went to the uh, after party, and I walked in, and I was standing near the uh, standing near the bar area, and having a drink with my girlfriend at the time, and um, she goes to take a powder, and uh, Beth Phoenix walked in. I forget who she walked in with. I want to say she walked in with Zack Ryder or something. I don't know if they were dating or they just the two of them just kind of walked in together in the cocktail lounge area, and you know. I mean, she's you know she's she's a muscular girl, but she wasn't like freakishly muscular like China was back in the day, and she just had this look about her. I was like, damn, like she's hot, like you know, like like if I had the opportunity, if it was there, like I wouldn't, you know, there would be no shame in hitting that, you know what I mean? Oh, but, no, you know, I got you. You know what I mean? Like so, I know, you know I'm right there with you. <laughs> so, you know, but at the same time, it was like, you know, maybe I don't want to hit that too hard cause she might hit me back. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, she she's a good-looking girl, you know. She, she's not like, like I said, like like you see some of these girls, you know, what I think is unattractive is bodybuilders, female bodybuilders. When you get all fucking oiled and tanned up and, you know, you're it, it's, it, it doesn't look right to me. You know, I, I was never a fan of China. You know, when she looked like a man, and then even, you know, when she tried to look like a woman, you know, and play ball. I was never a fan of that. I think Beth Phoenix has got that good combination of, like, power and strength and, you know, her build. And, you know, of course, she's got a pretty face. And so, you know, I was like, you know, I, I was like, God damn, look at that. I was like, shit. So, yeah, I was, I was then, actually you know, surprised. I, 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 I thought realize, she'd be bulkier in person. Back to the bathroom, so uh, then, then, that, then that wet dream ended, so. <laughs> But anyhow, yeah, no, she's she's wow. got a, she's got a good looking person. It's 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 so easy for us to get get off task and start talking about like, the the ladies. Um, yeah, let's get uh let's I'll, get I'll some do... more predictions before we we get going. Uh, why don't we go with we we predicted we're both on on board with Sheamus and we're both on board with Orton. So why don't we go Jericho Punk in a Chicago street fight? Uh, what are you looking at? Um, I see Punk taking it. Like I said earlier, I see Punk winning it. Doesn't hurt Jericho. However, Jericho signed an extension with the company right around WrestleMania. Um, apparently, he's been publicly stating that Fozzie's got a few tour dates, um, and his deal would end around or right before SummerSlam, so he probably won't be a part of SummerSlam. At least that's what he stated, but he's one of those guys that, another one that doesn't want to break kayfabe and, you know, kind of likes to work the, you know, work the marks. So, for all we know, he could be lying. But, um, yeah, I see Punk taking it. Good physical match. Punk's going to get his redemption for all the stuff he's had to been put through by Jericho. I see Punk walking out of Chicago with the championship. It's going to be no fun because I'm, I'm picking Punk, too. I think uh, just uh, Punk's going to have his moment in Chicago. That's pretty much it. I think it's going to be a real good match. Um, uh, you know, we're in agreement here. It doesn't hurt Jericho. They'll figure out something to do with Jericho. Um, 
You know, it's it's funny, and, and I guess I, I will predict the next match, and you can give your prediction, but it, it's kind of tied for me in, in my next prediction because I, I honestly think that what they're going to do is uh, Brock is going to beat the shit out of uh, uh, John Cena. Brock is going to win the match, and after that, whether we have John Cena disappear for a while or they make it a blow-up, whatever they're going to do with it, uh, Brock's going to show up and beat the shit out of CM Punk, and that's going to be... Uh, Next, and and I think Brock is going to win the title from CM Punk. So that's how I see it going going forward. Um, so my thoughts are that Punk wins, retains. Uh, Brock is going to win, and then the next rivalry is going to be Brock versus Punk. So uh, as I go through that, as we're predicting Punk, I'm also predicting Brock Lesnar in the Brock Cena match. Your thoughts on Brock Cena? Um. I, that's a safe pick, but I'm going to be different, and I'm actually going to say that John Cena somehow gets the victory over Lesnar in somewhat of a upset fashion, um, and uh, you know Brock lays him out. Maybe they end the show with Brock, you know, hurting him pretty bad, and Cena's got to go on a stretcher. And of course, they go into tomorrow night's Raw with the hype or you know the condition of John Cena, you know. I'm kind of hoping that's where it goes because I don't. I mean, a lot of people say Brock needs the win, but <clears throat> not necessarily needs the win, but he needs to look good. Coming back, he definitely needs to look good. Or they can go the route where he just totally mauls Cena and you know destroys him and you know wins the match in pretty you know dominant fashion. But I'm gonna go with Cena somehow comes out with some sort of upset victory, a roll up, or you know whatever, and then. He raises his hands, and everyone in Chicago boos, and then, you know, Lesnar pretty much beats the tar out of him and sends him, you know, on a stretcher into a medical facility. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go different here and add a little fun to this and say John Cena comes out the victor. But this is we're still in the rebuilding process of John Cena. This doesn't, this doesn't change that direction. Wow, so we, we differ on one match which is probably going to be the last match of the night. So we get to wait all night to see who wins this pay-per-view. Because we, we've split, right, since we've been doing picks. I think uh, I, I beat you at, at uh, WrestleMania, but uh, you beat me at uh, Lockdown. Yeah. As far as that's picks. Right. Yeah. So. I, yeah. <clears throat> so we only got one. Di- it's all it's all on Brock Cena this evening. Wow. Uh, the pressure of this match as well. Is on us as was Brock and Cena. Ooh, it's crazy. Well, we get there. We're just about at the two-minute mark. We're we're winding down another fun, exciting show. Uh, just a sidebar: if anyone happens to be going out to Rahway, New Jersey, uh, to the Refuse to Lose event, that's going to be taking place this Friday. Uh, Matt Hardy and Rebby Sky are, are scheduled to appear, as well as a host of other stars. Um, and I'm going to be there that night, so if you happen to be at the show and you see me there, please come on over and say hello. We'd love to talk to you. Looking forward to that event, too. Um, you know, I've had the occasion to hang out with Matt Hardy, and uh, he, he's had his demons and his issues to deal with. Um, but ultimately, real nice guy. We got to hang out with him once in North Carolina, and uh, really cool about hooking us up with... Uh, dinner and just hanging out so definitely a good guy so hoping he's got his problems behind him and uh 
Looking forward to seeing him in the ring, in the squared circle, uh, doing what he's great at. Dave, another great show. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm very, I'm very pleased with our show this evening. Yeah, another great game. Yeah.